Jay Hutchin watched them as they strolled down the dimly lit street, arms around each other, faces as close together as an envelope and a postage stamp. His chest went tight, his throat dried up. He felt as if he might choke. He sat low in the driver's seat of his wife's Toyota, grateful for the shadows that concealed him. The car was parked in a crowded lot, across the street from the restaurant Diane had entered an hour ago. She'd gone in alone and had come out with this man, who must have been waiting for her inside. I'll be staying at the peninsula, she'd told him over the phone earlier today. My manager's in town. We'll have dinner. I'll be back at the Peninsula Motel by midnight, cabin 13. Even though Hutchin hadn't seen this man's face, he knew he wasn't her manager. He had seen photos of her manager, one of the Hollywood power brokers who was short, squat, balding, mid-fifties. This guy was tall, sinewy, and moved with an undeniable youthfulness. This guy, Hutchin thought, was closer to Diane's age, late twenties or early thirties. He wasn't sure what had tipped him off that Diane was lying. Experience, he supposed. He made his living sorting truth from fiction. His suspicion had eaten away at him until it had pushed him out of the house and across the bridge to Tango Key, to the Peninsula Motel. This time, he didn't have to make any excuses to his wife, either. She had left for the weekend, a teacher's workshop in Miami, and had gotten a ride with some other teachers. He had taken her Toyota because Diane didn't know this car, had never seen it. He had parked outside the motel just after dark and waited for Diane to appear. Look at her, he thought. Just look at the two of them, stopping now on the street, in the shadows of a giant ficus tree, embracing, kissing, their bodies pressed tightly together. He squeezed the bridge of his nose and slid lower in the seat, fighting the hard, relentless pounding in his temples. Lying bitch, how could you? For months, they had met whenever she was in town, checking on the home she was building here on Tango Key, haven for the rich and famous and the nearly rich and nearly famous. Diane belonged to the latter category, an actress whose star was definitely on the rise, a young woman whose exquisite presence had been imprinted on the mind of the American public as supporting actress in an Oscar-winning film last year. Every time Hutchin had gone to her, he had placed himself at risk. But he had gone because he had to, because her body was his addiction. That eager mouth, those silken hands, those shapely legs, the blades of her hips. He had gone because he had no other choice. He raised his head once more, raised it just enough to see that they now continued down the sidewalk. Just how had she thought she would get rid of this guy in time to meet him at the motel? What excuse did she intend to give? Oops, it's midnight, gotta run before I turn into a scullery maid. He lost sight of them as they ducked into a dive, where the music was loud and the food greasy. Hutchin waited another ten or fifteen minutes, then drove out of the lot and headed to her motel, a cluster of old cabins at the south end of the island, the cheapest accommodations on Tango. She had stayed here before because no one recognized her. No one asked questions. Hutchin had never met her here. They had met at other hotels, off of Tango Key, outside of Key West, and she had always left the door key stuck in a nearby potted plant or under a mat, the find-the-key game.
He would find the key all right, and would be waiting in bed for her when she came in. He parked a block away and hurried along the sidewalk, hugging the shadows, his head down. The cabins were arranged in a square around a swimming pool, with a tall ficus hedge forming the final side of the square that faced the street. Hutchin ducked between the hedge and the corner of the first cabin, and walked quickly past in the dark, silent row of cabins. By tomorrow, these cabins would be filling up as more snowbirds poured into the keys. But for tonight, it looked as if they had the place pretty much to themselves. Safe enough, he decided. Cabin 13 stood alone in a corner of the square, shrouded by thick bushes on either side and pines behind it. He found the key under the doormat and let himself inside. He stood for a moment with his back to the door and breathed in her scent. Perfumes, soaps, shampoos.